Welcome to the Bethel Church Austin Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this sermon by a special guest speaker. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com. She is a young blogger. She's taught you just had a birthday. 27. 27. Like last week, this week. Sometime close to here. See, we're best friends, you can tell. (laughs) Okay, and so she is a fashion blogger. And she is like the epitome of cool. And I didn't even tell her this, but she texted me once and I had to like Google like an acronym that she used because I felt, you can tell I'm in my 30s because I'm like, okay. And I know this maybe is an American thing, but I didn't know what TGIF was. (laughs) And she texted me and I'm like, I'm sure I'm supposed to know what that is. Like, I'm pretty sure all the cool kids know what that means. So I had to Google it, but I found out, thank God it's Friday. Yes, I know. I'm a little late to the game. Anyway, (laughs) is it? Oh, okay. It's an Australian thing. All right. Fair enough. I will take it. Okay. Anyway, back on track. So anyway, Jessie has an Instagram account and I love what she's done. She's built a platform and an influence on this social media account and has like close to 300,000 followers. But then what I did, what I love more is she started a second account and this second account is called My Darling Diary. And it's faith-based encouragement, um, words of affirmation, scriptures, basically using the platform that God gave her to spread his message out. And I just think it's incredible how much influence she has in the, in the secular world and how she has used that to make Jesus' name famous. And so I love that. She's probably going to share some more of your story, but why don't you guys welcome her up tonight? Let's stand up and give her a round. I just told her TGIF because it is Friday, isn't it, y'all? Thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you, Renee. Thank you, Janessa. Love you guys. Um, I'm just so honored to be here and that you guys are all out here on a Friday um, and just here to listen to these amazing women. I'm so inspired. I'm so excited. Um, My name is Jessie. I do have a fashion blog here in Austin. Um, I grew up in Westlake. Any Westlake shops in here? Not one. Okay. Um, UT, Longhorns, anybody? All right, like Hook'em? Hook'em Horns. Um, I was a fashion major at the University of Texas, um, and I am a fashion girl, but I wanted to start with two identities for you. I have um, fashion blogger, 300,000 combined followers on Instagram, Okay. Pinterest, you can find me on Pinterest, I'm there. You can see my face, you can see my outfits. You can actually find me on Amazon. They stole my photo, (laughs) and it's not worth taking it up legally. (laughs) We tried. Um, (laughs) You can find me in Mary Claire Magazine, um, some other ones I can't remember right now. And um, that's one. And then the other one is that I am a daughter of the king, And um, I am actually a prophetic dreamer. I have somewhere between 10 and 20 prophetic dreams a night. So I wanted to give you those two identities because you can see something 
on Instagram, right? You can see something in social, but, the, but God, he sees something so much different. Um, okay, so has anyone here had a dream? If you've dreamt one dream in your whole life, raise your hand. Okay, is there anyone who hasn't had a dream? I didn't think so. Okay. I was like, if you haven't, come talk to me after. I really want to discuss this. Um, how many of you, out of every single one of you, has written down your dream before? Wow. Wow. I love that, y'all. Um, so I'm going to tell you about my story, um, what it was like to be 22 years old for me. Um, feeling 22, I swear the Lord chose that just so that I could quote Taylor Swift every time I talked about my testimony. Um, he knows me so well. So when I was 22 years old, um, I had it all. I truly did. I had an athlete, UT baseball playing boyfriend. He was perfect. He met every check on the secular checklist. I'm talking like bod, fam, smarts, hot, all the things, money, um, we were going to get married, everything. Um, and I, you know what I had? I had success. Uh, within four months of taking my fashion blog full-time, I was one of the first, like, 100 girls in the U.S. to start a fashion blog. Um, I, within four months, I was top 10 globally in the world, um, highest-earning fashion blogger. And um, I was 22, which means business, bank accounts, LLCs, invoices at a very, very young age. This also means a lot of money, um, status. It means, uh, let's see, clothes, boys, anything I wanted was at the tip of my fingers. I could get it whenever I wanted. And had the ring on the way, everything. This year was the most empty year of my entire life. Um, I had it all. And I think there was something about having every single thing that the American dream promised you at such a young age, three months out of college, that made it so much harder. Because the question was, well, now what do I do? <laughs> What do I work for? Because the world tells me that I'm supposed to get married. Done. I can do that. Um, to dress nice. I can afford anything I want. And um, to get the American dream and make a business. Done. So I was watching this movie during the day, Fashion Blogger. But at night, I started to go to sleep and I started to dream. And six months went by, um, and I went a little crazy. I was having these repeating dreams. The next day, they'd come true. And I, I remember talking to a friend, and she, I was like, do you think the universe is talking to me? And um, I love the word, the universe. Um, and... Um, I grew up in an amazing Christian home. I did Sunday school, all the things, but I didn't need God, didn't need any of it. Um, I didn't care, and I think that that's relatable. Um, for this generation who is so self-righteous, we have the world at our fingertips. Um, we can do whatever we want, whenever we want, until we can't. 
And the dreams came true so often that finally one day I called my mom, who's here, and I said, Mom, I keep dreaming. I keep having these dreams, and they keep coming true. And I'm going crazy. I'm dreaming that I need to break up with my boyfriend, who I'm in love with. And I'm dreaming that um, I'm in school and I'm taking exams. I, d I just graduated. Um, she said, well, you know, dreams are in the Bible. They're all over the Bible. It's God's love language. And I said, I didn't know that. I mean, I think I'd heard that before maybe one day in Sunday school, but I never actually thought through that the Lord is still speaking through dreams today. So I was perplexed. Um, so I, I, I went and I sought it out. Um, Daniel, Pontius Pilate's wife, Joseph one, Joseph two, Jacob, Elizabeth and Mary. Um, the whole book of Revelation is a vision that John had. And I was like, wow, these are everywhere. Why don't we talk about this? And I also did the other secular search. I said, um, dear Google, what do dreams mean? And don't ever go through that black hole because that just got me far off. And so about six months went by and I lost so much weight because I was so anxious. I had cystic acne. I wasn't doing well, although the rest of the world thought I was. Um, I remember I put into my phone three questions for God or the universe. I said, number one, why, why do I have to break up with my boyfriend? Something like that. Number two, like something about singleness. Number three, why something other entitled that you should never probably ask God, but you do anyway. And I went to sleep that night, woke up, wrote something down, went back to sleep, woke up in the morning. I had three questions on my iPhone notes. Number one, number two, number three. Right under it, I had written in the middle of the night, there's only one answer, and it's God's love. So I called my mom, and I was like, Mom, what does God's love mean? And she was like, tried to explain it as though she could, which how do you explain that, honestly? It's an experience. Is it a thing? Is it a noun? Or is it just is, right? It's, um, it's something that we almost learn. Um, and that started a series of years of trials. Um, I started to listen to my dreams. And, but yet I was still living the fashion blogging world. I remember everybody got a Celine bag. So I got a Celine bag. That cost $4,000. I couldn't afford it. Maybe I could. And I went to sleep that night, had a dream that I returned that bag. Woke up the next morning, I hated it. Went straight to Neiman Marcus, returned it, and the lady was like, this has never happened before. <laughs> the dreams continued. Um, I got taken through lessons about pride, singleness, broke up with my boyfriend, money, friends, judgment, gossip. Um, I remember one night I was taken into a forgiveness tent in a dream. Um, I was learning so much in the middle of the night. I want to read Job 33. For God does speak, he does. Now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. 
In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings. Fast forward to 2000 and... <laughs> 2019, that's right now. Um, I have had 1,200 dreams in the last three months. That's crazy. This is the most I've ever dreamt in my entire life. I've had 4,000 dreams in the last year. I couldn't even add up the amount of dreams I've had in five years. I couldn't do it. I didn't know how. Um, I wanted to read some of them for you guys. These are from a series of years. Push your feet and do exactly what they're saying not to do. It's a dream I had. I'm talking to an audience about clothes and fashion, but no one's listening. I start to talk about purpose, and everyone stops to listen. I need to make my blog an encouraging place. The London Bridge is falling down. People are sinking and crashing. Girls are falling out of cars. But I'm just watching because I'm headed in the other direction of them. What does that say about the world? I'm making flashcards on Instagram. It's an online diary. This is before my darling diary is born. There are photos on the top and writing on the bottom. It's a journal and I'm the writer. The Lord's hand will lead the way. These are just a few of the dreams that I've been having. Um, and so through the last couple years, I put my head down to sleep, and I would get these visions um, and start to dream about these things that the Lord wanted me to do. But the problem was that it didn't agree with anything in real life. I was in an industry that, that was materialism. It is the era of narcissism. We are living in a narcissistic era. Social media, we're training robots and young little girls the wrong things. Um, and it's normal. That is normal. So when I'm living it and breathing it all the time, then I go to bed and the Lord says, no, you have money, leave it. You have success. I'll show you what success is. You have a boyfriend. Mm -mm. You're going to be single <laughs> for a long time. <laughs> Mom's like, oh. <laughs> um, there isn't any logic in all of this. That's one thing that I've learned. It's just faith. Um, Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out a matter is the glory of kings. It is up to us to decide if we want to listen. Every single one of you in here said you've had a dream before. Um, I believe the Lord speaks through many different ways. I know that I have a gift. Um, I know I have a gift that I'm supposed to speak about. Um, but it was writing it down that very first night and asking God just simple three questions. And then going and reading about Daniel and Joseph and Jacob, it took work, action verbs, ask, seek, knock, it's action. Um, I wanted to leave with some points. Number one, what if success was defined as just more time with the Lord? Um, I always mix up Billy Graham and Bill Cunningham. Bill Cunningham is a street-style fashion photographer. Billy Graham, <laughs> ministry. 
So um, this is my spiritual fashion blogging side. Bill Graham, not Bill Cunningham, before he died, he said that someone asked him, what would you do different in your life? He pursued ministry his whole life. We all look up to him. He wishes that he spent less time traveling and more time at home just with the Lord. How special is that? Um, what if success was defined as more time with the Lord? Gosh, I'm going to leave you with that. Number two, do our prayers, goals, and dreams glorify ourselves, or do they glorify the Lord? Um, I love the verse in James that says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. I lived that out. Um, I spent it wrong. I lived it, and it was empty. It was dark. I call them the dark days. I think that um, when we pray and when we ask and when we seek, our prayer should always end with, how, how does this glorify you? How will this glorify you? I want this to glorify you. And if it doesn't, then it's not mine. Um, the joy that comes from it, the joy that comes from starting My Darling Diary, incredible. Number three, are we dreaming big enough or are we putting God in a box? Genesis 28, um, Jacob has a dream of the big stairway into heaven. And he says, wow, surely you're real to the Lord. How, how many of us need that, that, that dream to say, oh, wow, surely you're real. Um, are we putting God in a box? What prayers, what dreams, what projects, or even what peace, what quiet time, what rest is he asking from us? Um, one dream I wanted to share was December 29th, 2018, so this is pretty recent. Um, my favorite, probably. I have a room and sanctuary project um, it was specifically for me. They were packaging up my clothing line. Um, I didn't have a clothing line, <laughs> but I had made one three years ago, and it was secular, and I put it on the, on the shelf. But the Lord said, no, it's time. Like, you want a clothing line? Go do it. But you know what you're going to do? You're going to go talk to Holly, <laughs> and you're going to have her girls Victims of trafficking and abuse and drug addiction packing up your clothing line. No, I mean, you're not going to have it three years ago the way you wanted it, but you're going to have it even better. Um, and I waited three years for that. Um, and that's such a cool partnership to be here today with Holly. We um, have gotten to work so much together this year, and we're dreaming up so much for the future, which is so exciting. But... I wouldn't have a shop, I wouldn't have a diary, I wouldn't have a partnership with Holly if I didn't have a single one of these dreams. It's crazy. I can't take any glory at all for any of the moves I've made in the last two years. Um, it's all been from him, which is just like the, just the, um, the gift 
that I get to come up here and say, look, I left an extremely lucrative, lucrative industry to follow Jesus and to serve others. I think that in this era of narcissism and of social media and filters and travel and jealousy and comparison and um, lip glosses and, you know, uh, curling irons and all the things you see on Instagram nonstop. Um, You're being fed. The number one thing that the Lord is calling us all to do is to serve others, to be in relationship with others, to be with others, but to be intimate with him. That's what we're created for, um, is relationship with the Lord. That's where the joy is. And um, I feel like, you know, if there's one thing that I can speak on, it's just the success that you can find by just redefining it. And I wanted to end with um, just saying sweet dreams. (laughs) So good. I love that. You guys, I kind of, it was strategic, um, the ladies that we invited to come tonight. I didn't, I wanted to give you guys inspiration that didn't just come from the church. You know, I wanted to show you real women who are out there in different areas of influence who are making an impact. Because sometimes when we come to conferences and we come to nights like this, we just hear from pastors and people in ministry, which is like vocational ministry, which is awesome, but 90% of us aren't that. And so it's really good, I think, to be able to hear from just such different voices in different fields that are making such impacts for the kingdom. Because we need every single woman to show up in her sphere of influence in order to bring heaven to earth. Amen? That was so good, Jesse. I loved it. I loved it. And everyone should just go and get Jesse to pray for them because, I mean, 20 dreams. and I mean, it sounds very exhausting, but also very cool. <laughs> And I want to dream some more, so I'm going to get you to pray for me later. (laughs) Okay, our next guest is Miss Marianne Kent, and I am so excited. I actually had lunch with Marianne last week, but I've heard about Marianne and her husband, Trey. They are the pastors of Northwest Fellowship Church here in Austin, and they have been just such a key player in the spiritual dynamics and unity of this city. And I just feel like a lot of us women are stepping into the momentum that they really created. And I love Marianne's heart for prayer. And she is like an intercessor warrior. And her husband, Trey, and herself, they built a unceasing prayer movement. And there has been prayer 24-7 here in Austin for 12 years. Isn't that incredible? It's amazing. And so a lot of the unity that we as churches and believers are experiencing in this city, I think, is down to this woman and her faithfulness and the prayers that she has sowed. So I want you guys to stand up and give a big warm welcome to Mary Ann Kent. (laughs) 
Okay, girls, Jesse, 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 Jesse. Praise God for you, beauty. Praise God for you. Oh, Jesse, I've had two amazing dreams in my life. <laughs> and they won't leave me. And I want more. Isn't that amazing? You know, I'm going to admit something to you. Hey, family. I'm so glad to see you. Bethel Austin, I know you're from all different churches. Welcome, welcome. We love you. Bethel Austin, we have prayed you into our city. And we are so glad that you are here. And we love you and we honor you and we say more, God. Bring us more people from all over the world that want to come to Austin because we need you. You know, I'll admit, this is, um, you'll learn real fast, I just, I'm just vulnerable. I, my daughter lives in L.A., but I have none of the Bethel, California cool. I am just Texan and crazy. <laughs> I am. I, I just am. But, you know, I was, a, I mean, I've spoken all over, but I was a little intimidated when I saw the pictures of the two chicks that I'm sandwiched in between. <laughs> I was like, okay, so I kind of feel like the little vanilla in the Oreo. And, and then I think, yeah, but most people open up that Oreo to get that vanilla, so it's okay, right? <laughs> And, but, you know, so I am not a flat fashion blogger, although I think my leopard's kind of cute. <laughs> and I love what Holly's doing with trafficking, but I have been a pastor's wife for 30-something years, 33 years, been in Austin for 26, and it's easy for me to go, but God, what, what amazing thing am I doing? And Janessa had this little advertisement about us. And she had no idea what she was doing to me because I was praying. It was about a week ago. God, what am I going to talk about? I mean, I love you, Jesus, and I have served you with my whole heart since I was four years old as much as I could. But God, what? I mean, I'm not very dramatic. Well, I am dramatic. But, <laughs> I thought, but my life isn't super glamorous. I'm just a little pastor's wife. And yes, God's allowed us to do some things. And Janessa had this ad for this conference, for this night. And she said, well, she said these amazing flattering words, something about, I don't know, what she had done in the city by her. Yes, that's not what I heard at all. What I heard was so much plainer, and yet it absolutely, a tear came to my eye, a knot in my throat. I said, yes, God. All I heard was she gave God her Yes. That's what I heard. She, she gave God her yes, and everything in me just leapt. I was like, God, what if that's all I've ever done? That is enough because you are enough, because you are the yes of my life. You are the yes of our lives. And I thought, girls, that's what I want to talk to you about, the power of yes. I should look at the time. Oh, I have 17. We are going to cook, baby. All right. The first thing I want to tell you about is, number one, the reason you can give God your yes. And you're, you're not going to hear anything you don't know, but you're going to hear a lot that you need to hear. You need to hear it every day. I need to hear it every day. You give God your yes because Jesus has absolutely, undeniably, categorically, eternally given you his yes. Jesus has given you his yes. I love 2 Corinthians 1. I'm going to read 19 and 20, although we, early on, we heard the edited version. But I'm going to give you the long, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom we proclaimed among you. I'm changing some names here. Jesse and Holly and Renee and I was not yes and no, but in him it is always yes. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Amen sounds real spiritual, but I want to say we say, come on. 
Come on, God, bring it on. Give me more. All of the promises of God are yes and amen. When Jesus Christ looked down and saw, and he knew before the beginning of time, these people that he had created out of love, Father, Son, Holy Spirit created, saw that we had fallen into sin and said, this is not good. I'm going to get him, Dad. And Dad said, you better believe it. I am not willing that any should perish. I'm going to give you Jesus so that anyone who believes in me will not perish but will have eternal life. And Jesus said, no one's taking my life. I'm laying it down. I'm going to get them. I am their yes. Do you feel God? I feel God so strongly here. Listen, I felt like during the worship, there's a story in the Bible, and my theological husband could tell it correctly. All I know is that there were these bad prophets that whenever the man of God, they just kept falling down and worshiping. And that's how I felt in prophesying. Remember, they just kept prophesying. During every worship, I wanted to go, okay, I'm ready. Let me go preach. I'm ready. God is here. He is here. He has already given us his yes. I want to tell you a silly little story. It's so important. About a week ago, God disciplined me about yes. Jesus has given his yes, but how often do we actually act like it's true for us? How often do we actually know that all the promises of God for us are yes and amen? Some of them are beautiful. Some of them have all kinds of wonderful opportunities. Some of them will include persecution. But they're yes and amen. So we have um, a very diverse Our staff goes from 84 years of age to 21. And the 21-year-old Lily is about to get married to Noah. And Noah works for a company called, I don't know, Freedom Fund. And they do uh, games for people. They'll come out to your business and do training. You know how they do it. Well, they have these virtual goggles that you can put on. And I was so excited because I really struggle with, I'm not a risk taker. I'm scared of a lot of stuff when, when Jesus isn't operating very strongly in my life. But I put on these goggles and it looks like you're over New York City. Literally. And I thought, oh, this will be fine because I know I can't get hurt because it's virtual. Literally, it looks like you're over New York City. You're going to walk out on this plank. Girls. I literally got down on the ground. I can feel the foundation beneath me. I could not do it. You ride up this elevator. I kept going back. Literally, I mean, I've got people watching me. And I can feel the ground. I'm not making this up one bit. I could not get out there. And I'm like, this is so, I'm so embarrassed. So I'd go back in the elevator, come back out on the pretend plank, but it looks so real. You can, there's a helicopter over your head. Have you ever done any of that, any of you? I was terrified. Well, I never got up there. I never, I was like this. I never got up there. So I finally took him off. I said, I hate this game. (laughs) And I went back in the church to put, honestly, to put away some tablecloths because I needed to be alone because I was so embarrassed. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, honey, When are you going to get it? When are you going to get it? All of these things. He goes, we're going to have to deal with this fear issue. Because all of these things that you're afraid of, you weren't going to die on that. You're not going to die. Every day that was written for you is in my book before one of them came to be. You are not going to die until the day that I've planned. And he said, let's talk about this rejection thing. You are fully accepted in the Belover. In the beloved, who can change anything about you? Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And he spoke to me, I mean, right 
right here, right here. And he said, when are you going to realize, just like that game, you could feel the foundation. You know the foundation of my word. You know the foundation. You can feel it. You have learned it. You know it. When are you going to realize everything else is virtual reality compared to me? (laughs) Isn't that so true? So that's number one. Number two, yes, absolutely. Jesus has already, he has already done it. He said yes. But number two, now listen, don't get religious on me. You are Jesus, yes, to the world. You are Jesus, yes, to the world. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's a Greek word for that, and I'm not going to pronounce it, but I'll tell you another, another rendering of that word is masterpiece. You are his masterpiece, prepared before the foundation of the earth. Before anything came to be, God chose you for the works he put in you. Huh. Now, sometimes we want to be so falsely humble, which is pride. We say, oh, no, I want it to be about Jesus. I want to be about Jesus. I want all. It is. For in him and to him and through him are all things. Isaiah 6, there was a little character who said, I will ascend to the heights. I will be like the most high. You know what happened to him. (laughs) And the third of the idiots that followed him. Right? Don't worry. You cannot make it about you. It will never be about you. It is about Jesus. And the most humble thing you can do is bow the knee and say, what did you create me for? If you want me to start the sanctuary project, if you want me to have 3,000 followers, Jesse, I love that. I am going to do it to the glory of Jesus. But if you want me to have 800 and think that if I ever get 1,000, I'm getting one of those little blue stickers like the movie start, I will do that. If you say go, I'll go. But if you say stay, I'm going to stay. I thought by now I would be out of Austin and onto the mission field. From the age of nine years old, all I wanted to do was be a missionary. And about five years ago, I, I really, I, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. I thought we were doing our stint here until it was time to go. And I loved it. I loved Austin. I loved the people. I was, I'm, can you tell I get really into whatever I do? And um, I'm obsessive. And, um, but let me tell you that I honest to goodness thought we would go to the mission field. And I have gotten to go a lot of places in the world. But about five years ago, Trey said, um, the Lord's told me I have a lifetime call to Austin. I'm like, well, I have a lifetime call to you. <laughs> so I guess it's Austin it is. And you know what I found? It's fine. It's more than fine. It's amazing. It's amazing. Jesse, I love what you said, though. It is so important. Before we say yes, there's some things we have to say no to. Comparison. And you know that. I'm not telling you anything. But girls, young women don't think that you outgrow it. Jesse, I can't get on Instagram. I do get on Instagram a lot. Because I love the fashion, and I can find things in my closet by looking at what they're wearing. And I love the decorating. But then all these women... I'm not condemning anybody who does this, okay? But all these women that, I, that are pastor's wives and they're godly and they're showing, and then they're like, and you need Botox here and you need this here. And before you know it, I'm like, honey, I need Botox. <laughs> and I need uh, Bella, Soma, Bella, whatever that thing is. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. You know, I mean, it's, and you know what? If God leads you to do that, girlfriend, do it. I dye my hair all kinds of shades. We don't even know what color my hair is. So I'm not, but I'm just saying can't compare. Bitterness, we ain't got no time for that. 
Ain't nobody got time for that. God has ordained every day of your life. You can forgive what the enemy has intended for evil or any other person in your life. God will use for good for the saving of many. Holly, I can't wait to hear your story because I know a hint. And I know God has used it for the saving of many. So for many years, a lot of my best friends in this town, pastors, wives, their, their husbands pastored mega churches and they co-pastored mega churches. And we were serving God. We were praying. I love our church. I love the size of it. It's mid-size. But I kept thinking, what are we doing wrong? Now, can you believe I'm admitting that? But I did. what are we doing wrong? We're 400. They're 4,000. What are we doing wrong? Why was I comparing? If we'd had that size church, we could not have been a part of the vision that God gave Trey as we were walking under a light post one night. A tiny yes, a tiny yes. An intercessor in this city had asked for pastors to lead their church in one day leading up to Easter, 24-hour prayer. Under that light post, the Lord spoke to Trey and said, what if 31 churches each took one day? and covered it 24. Austin would be covered in prayer 24-7, and it has been for all these years, and God is working. I don't think if we had a mega church, we would have had time for unceasing prayer. And to, and to, now there are over 100 churches, and it's gone. It's America praise. It's gone national. It's gone international, and all that's fine. What's amazing is the glory of God's name right? That's what's amazing. Okay, the last thing. Yes, Jesus has already said, yes, you are his yes. But number three, and we're going to cook on this one, baby. (laughs) Prayer is your secret power. It is your superpower. It is your secret power. Oh, Jesse, every time you mentioned, I got a little woman crush on you apparently because I just keep talking to you. But, <laughs> but every time you mentioned when you talked about Billy Graham and how we'd have to get away and wouldn't it be more important the time we spend away, girls, that's it. That's our yes. Yes to evangelism. But don't do it till you've prayed. Yes to social justice ministries, but don't do it without praying. It's dangerous, isn't it, Holly? (laughs) Yes to worship. And you know what? Can you get up and worship without praying? Oh, you sure can. But boy, this group today didn't, did they? That whole thing was a prayer of love to Jesus. Girls, prayer is your superpower. This is interesting. In 2 Corinthians 1.11... A little bit away from what we were reading earlier. The Apostle Paul, so strong. And he was talking about all the things that the Spirit was causing them to do. And you know, you know signs and wonders. And you know overcoming persecution, coming out of the jail in the middle of the night. All these amazing things. But here's what he said, so interesting. You also must help us, you the believers, must help us by prayer so that many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessing granted us through the prayers of many. Look at me. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they truly don't need us. But in some amazing way, they've, cho- they've chosen to allow us to join them. I don't get it, but I'm sure grateful. They've chosen to allow us to partake Just a simple agreement with what's going on in heaven. And the world is changed. Don't don't get it wrong. I know it's not us, but boy, they let us be a part. 
And I love that. I love that. Yes, we've given our lives to prayer. Let me tell you something. Our church tried to start all these different ministries, all, you know, for the homeless, for trafficked women, all these. None of them started until we became obsessive about prayer. That was 15 years. And then all of a sudden, all these ministries started raising up. Of course. God loves to talk to his kids. And he loves to, Jesse, I agree with you. You will never waste a moment in prayer. You will never waste a moment in prayer. You are not too busy to pray. You are too busy not to pray. You will never miss a message. Oh, gosh, please understand what is coming up on us is amazing and frightening. Have you turned on the news? Do you really think we're going to politicize ourselves out of the messes we're in? Do you really think we're going to do it? We got to pray. And then maybe God will raise up a William Wilberforce to abolish some sinful thing like slavery, right? After we have prayed. Isn't he amazing? Let me end this with a story. In 1985... I was also 22, Jesse, and I did marry the man of my dreams. A gorgeous, godly leader on the Oral Roberts University campus who also happened to be on a tennis scholarship. He was, girls, every guy I ever dated before this one broke up with me. And this guy was like the hit of the campus, and he chose me. And I thought, oh my gosh, everything. I'd been through some pretty hard things growing up and some pretty hard things in life. And I thought, everything I've ever wanted is here. And we had the most amazing, amazing marriage or wedding. It was a wedding. We were only <laughs> little kids. It was a wedding. And two weeks after, we were in a head-on collision. A young girl crossed a lane, a lane and hit us, and she died on impact. And I don't remember any of it, but what I do know is at the moment of the impact... The first young girl that came up saw Trey, he was literally dying, saw him saying, Jesus, Jesus, and me praying over him. This would take forever to tell you, so I'll just cut to the chase. He didn't die. <laughs> but also, they were going to amputate his leg because it was so severed. He had just many, many, many injuries. And I signed away, and I heard coming out of my mouth, okay, but God's going to heal him, and you're not going to have to amputate it. As they were taking him in to amputate, he was eight hours of surgery because he had all kinds of injuries. I mean, just all kinds. The Christian nurse put her hand and one more time prayed. They'd used all the... Now, if you're a nurse in here, you will understand this. I don't. They'd used instruments to get a pulse and there was none. So they were going to have to amputate from the knee down. She put her hand down and said, oh God, please save this boy. Save this leg. All of a sudden, she screamed because she felt a pulse. Now, let me explain to you, it wasn't just my prayer. My father-in-law was the tennis coach for 20 years at Texas A&M University. So the minute his tennis, sorry, Longhorns, uh, the minute his tennis playing son, and they were very strong Christians, my in-laws, was in this accident, the waiting room was filled with people crying out with loud cries to God. And I'm telling you, they were not mostly charismatic. <laughs> crying out with loud cries to God. One miracle after another, not just because of our prayers, certainly not Trey's except at the scene of the accident because he was unconscious. I cannot tell you, it was a very hard year of recovery. It was a very hard year, but prayer became 
our comfort. It became our strength. It became our language. For the last 34 years, we can be in the middle of talking and go into prayer and go back into a conversation because the first, after the first two weeks of our marriage, that was all we had. Now, I don't know where you are tonight, and there's so much I would love to tell you. Invite me back. <laughs> no, but seriously, there is something. But I want to tell you this. Every promise of God for you is yes, and you get to say amen, and you are that amen, and prayer will take you forward to the amen and to the yes that Jesus has for you. Now, I need to say this, though, because it's strongly on my heart. The yes doesn't have to be pretty all the time. The yes doesn't have to be easy all the time. The yes may lead you into a very tight place. But the amen is Jesus. And he will say, so be it. I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Because he, yes, isn't a concept. Yes, isn't even a Bible verse. Yes, is Jesus. And he is our yes. Amen. Amen. My feet got sweaty up there. (laughs) Wow, that was so good. I just want to go home and pray. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Wow. You are a firecracker. <laughs> so Carol told me you were. That was amazing. Wow. So good. And your accent. Oh, love it. Love it. Okay. okay. Well, I'm afraid that mine wouldn't sound very pretty if I tried to try to do yours. Sorry. Just a little perfectionist in me, so just, just going to straighten this. <laughs> Do you ever see something that just says, but like bugging you, and you're just like, don't look at it, don't look at it, sorry. Anyway, now that I brought attention to the flowers. <laughs> okay, who is ready for one more incredible message? Yes. Okay, Holly is ready, which is a very good sign. <laughs> Guys, I am so excited to announce our next speaker, Holly Hayes. I think a lot of you in this room probably know who she is um, or are familiar with the Sanctuary Project. But if you're not, then you're in for just... She's just so inspiring. Honestly, we had brunch the other day and I was like, I could listen to your story and I could listen to you speak on the goodness of God all day. Um, Her story of redemption and her life's testimony is one that just, oh, I I get emotional. (laughs) I get emotional when I think about it. But the thing that I love is it just wasn't redemption for her. She made her personal breakthrough into a corporate victory. And she really is like making a stand and changing She's, she's really coming to the front lines of a social justice issue that's so prevalent in our city and in our nation, and she's doing something about it, and I love that. I love the action words, doing. It's all good to dream about it, but unless we do it, it <laughs> doesn't really make any difference, huh? But I hope that her message and her testimony inspires you tonight and gives you a new encouragement for your yes 
and for the thing that the Lord has placed on your heart. But I also just had this sense coming into this week, I wanted Holly to go at the end because I actually just felt like the Lord was going to be releasing healing at the end of her message. And she's going to take us into some ministry time after this. And so I just want to encourage you that as you press in, as you just listen, just allow the Lord to work on the places in your heart that perhaps he needs to work on and, and just encourage you to participate in that ministry time if, it, if you feel led to. So without further ado, if you would like to stand for probably the last time tonight <laughs> and welcome Holly Hayes. You guys can stay standing for a second because I feel like you all are wiggly. Do you guys feel wiggly? Everyone wiggle. Let's all wiggle. I feel like it helps to just kind of wiggle. You've been sitting for a while, so awesome. Do you feel good now? Good. Okay, I feel the love in the room tonight. Um, I don't know if you guys are feeling it. Um, is anyone else leaking? Is that just me from all the love? No. I guess it's just me. I'm a, I'm a brand new mama. My little is right there in the second row. Um, yeah, I just had my first baby two months ago. And I had, yeah, woohoo, it's amazing. And I had, uh, I had some intercessors, one of whom is here tonight. My friend Crystal is here tonight. But I had some intercessors pray for milk production for me. And y'all, the Lord is faithful. <laughs> And I literally like spray milk now, which is fun. And so I just want to warn you guys in the first two rows, we're going to call this the splash zone. And I will do my best not to leak tonight, but I just wanted to warn you in advance because if like things start happening, we're all women here. So that's okay, right? Thank you. Thank you for loving me. In the midst of that. And if she cries, like it's over. I will definitely start spraying. So I'm so, so grateful to be here tonight. I'm glad this is perfect now. Um, I'm so grateful to be here tonight. I'm so honored. Um, this is just, uh, I love this house. Um, I love Renee. I had a major girl crush on her before we got to go on our first girl date. And so now we're like real life friends, IRL friends, which means in real life. <laughs> And now we're IRL friends, and, uh, and so I'm so honored to be invited here. And um, wow, how good was, like, the last two talks that we just got to hear. Thank you, Marianne. Thank you, Jesse. And Marianne, I am praising God that, um, that he called you guys here as missionaries. You are a missionary to this city. And I thank you and praise God for this, the soil that you have tilled to make a way because this city is better because of it. And we got to come into soft soil and we got to come into to seeds already planted. And so now we're seeing this harvest in the city because of you and Trey and the work that you've done. And, and we praise you for, I'm so glad that this is the city he called you to as a missionary. And I'm glad that it's a lifetime calling because we need that continued prayer and sowing. And, um, and Jesse, I, I just saw this anointing of Joseph over your life. And I feel like right now, I know you well, and so I can say this, but I feel like right now you're in that, um, in that, that jail cell a little bit. Um, and that, that there is something coming <laughs> that's going to be so much bigger than you could have ever imagined. You thought you had favor on your life before because you had money and things, but the Lord is actually going to lift you up to have the ear of kings. I actually think he's going to put you in places of influence that like would, that like the word influencer doesn't even cut it. Um, he's going to give you the ear of people who need to hear about your dreams and he's going to use you in such mighty ways. 
And he already is, but that, like, I just saw this vision of Joseph, and I just felt like the Lord was saying, Joseph, Joseph, Joseph over you, um, that, that you are going to change the world with your dreams. And, uh, and so I'm so grateful and honored to be in the company with you ladies. Um, I'm also honored and grateful to be in the company of all you ladies. Uh, I've been praying for you guys uh, for the last couple of months since I knew I was coming here, and, um, and really, like, spending time in prayer and just asking the Lord, what do you have for these women tonight? Because it's all well and good for me to just like give you my story, um, but I, I actually think that the Lord wants to meet each of you individually. And so he kept speaking Isaiah 40, um, verses 3 through 5, over you guys, which is, uh, Behold the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley will be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places will be made straight and the rough places smooth. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed in all flesh. We'll see it together. So something he kept speaking over and over is the crooked places will be made straight. The crooked, the crooked places will be made straight. And, um, and, it's, and, and so I have a little testimony that I want to share uh, about that because I, I think that the Lord is actually going to make some crooked places straight tonight. And I think he's going to do that not just um, literally. I think he is going to do it literally for some people. I actually felt like there was like uh, scoliosis specifically that he wants to heal. I felt like there was, this is so random, but there's someone with crooked teeth and it's bothered you your whole life. And I actually feel like the Lord like wants to straighten your teeth. Very random, but, but I felt like the Lord was showing me all these crooked places made straight, but not just um, in the physical, but in, in the emotional and in the spiritual, um, that there's some crooked places in our lives that he wants to make straight tonight. And so, um, so I have a little testimony of, uh, I just love this house. I love Bethel, and, and uh, I go to a house church down in Dripping Springs where I live, but I like to come here and, um, and get filled up and, and get prayer when I can. And so uh, a few months ago, right before my, my little baby girl, Havana, was born, I was here um, because I was really sick, and, uh, and I came to get prayer. Um, I was suffering from gestational diabetes, um, uh, really severe Braxton Hicks, and, and then uh, preeclampsia which had gotten uh, so severe that I actually had to give birth to her a few days uh, after that at a little over 33 weeks. Um, but I, I came for healing that night, and, uh, and I got prayer from a few different people, and, uh, and I was really believing for healing that night, but, um, but I didn't get healed of any of the things that I was, that I was asking the Lord for healing from. And, and I was talking to my friend Kristen, who's here in the front row, and uh, we were standing right here um, at this altar, and we were talking about how it's such a mystery. Like, why does God heal sometimes and then he doesn't heal other times? And, and then we started talking about things that we always wish that God would heal. And she told me about an accident she'd been in, and there was like an elbow thing. I didn't understand the elbow. I don't know. You can ask her about it. But <laughs> she showed me, and I couldn't see it. But... <laughs> But then um, I started telling her this story about I was 16 years old, and um, I was drunk. Uh, I was always drunk when I was 16 years old. I'll get to more of that later. But I was, uh, I was hanging out with this crew of people, and, uh, and Clark Baird was there. And Clark Baird was, uh, was the cutest, the coolest skater guy ever. Um, he, had, he had floppy, sandy blonde hair, floppy hair. You know, like the floppy hair? Oh, Clark Baird. <laughs> Whew. And so I was like going to do anything to impress Clark Baird that night. And so there was this crew of people and we decided we were all going to go skinny dipping. And the, there was this community pool and I was like, all right, skinny dipping, Clark Baird, drunk, awesome. Um, and uh, what could go wrong? <laughs> Trespassing on private property, barbed wire fence, cement, water. <laughs> 
um, drunk teenagers. And so, uh, so we were climbing over this fence to, uh, to break into this pool. And, um, and, and I had gone second. There was already someone who'd gone over to the other side. And I was at the tippy top of the barbed wire fence and ready to like jump over. And, uh, and I lost my balance because drunk and 16. And I grabbed onto the barbed wire <laughs> and fell backward and, uh, and ripped open my hand. And, uh, and because I was a drunk teenager, uh, I, was, <laughs> I, uh, I went to the hospital a little late <laughs> and, uh, and, then was, <laughs> and then was put in the, in the drunk tank room in the hospital, and, um, and they actually sewed me up very poorly. And so they sewed up my pinky finger and left it bent. Um, it was bent in a hook. And so um, for 24 years, my, my pinky finger has been bent in this hook. And, uh, and I was telling Kristen this story, and I said, um, I've always just kind of wished that, that God would straighten my pinky finger. And, uh, and then I went to show her as I was telling her the story, and we watched my finger go straight. And completely blew our minds. Like, both women of faith, obviously, but, but when we actually saw it, we were like, holy moly, ah, he's really healing it. <laughs> and we didn't, you know, I didn't ask for prayer. I mean, there was, this was just a moment, and, and God healed it. And, um, you know, and so then I was left with, okay, why, why, God, why? Like, why did you straighten my pinky finger, but you left this severe preeclampsia in my body? Like, what is that? Um, and the Lord just said, I wanted to give you a physical, outward manifestation of the inward work I've done in your life that the crooked places have been made straight. And so this is a prophetic vision for you all tonight. Um, my, uh, my, my young life was not always as uh, jovial as that, as that one night when I was 16. Um, it was actually quite dark. I started drinking and using drugs at the age of 14. And, um, and from the, the time that I started, I was using them to escape. I'd been uh, sexually abused as a very young girl from ages four to six by a caretaker, and that left an imprint in me that just, uh, just left a desperate desire to escape. And so from the time I had my first uh, alcohol and drugs, I found relief, and I, I, I chased that relief. Um, I thought that that was my solution for living. And by the time I was 15, I was drinking and using drugs every day. By 16, I dropped out of high school and I uh, had my first of five abortions. I got pregnant from the, uh, the man who was selling me meth and was an abusive boyfriend. By 17, I was getting arrested all the time and abusive relationships were the only ones I was comfortable in. At 18, I got my first job as a sex worker, um, as a dancer in a club. And uh, I thought that was so uh, power empowering for a while. I actually thought like this was me taking the power back, right? Because I was taking money from them. But I realized pretty quickly that I was a slave to whatever they wanted me to do. At 19, I met my trafficker. I was at a party and he saw me across the room and he saw right through me. He saw that I had no sense of value or worth. He saw that I had lost all dignity he saw that I was desperate for anyone's approval, and I was just his type. And so uh, that man made me his girlfriend, even though he had other women, and uh, suggested that I stop paying rent on the apartment that I was living in. And so I uh, was evicted after just a few months, and then he offered me a place to stay. And he offered me drugs, and he offered me alcohol, and meanwhile, my debt to him was mounting. And then he offered me a solution for that problem. 
he said that he could arrange men for me and that he would take the money and that would help pay him back for what he'd been doing for me and, and giving to me. And, you know, you would think I would have been disgusted by that. You would think I would have been horrified by that. But what I heard for the first time was that I actually had value. I thought I had no value. And here this man said, no, you have, you have value. It's whatever a man will pay for you. And so I, um, I took him up on his kind offer, and, uh, and he started arranging those jobs. But I ended up getting too drunk and high to, um, to show up for the jobs most of the time. And, uh, and so I ended up uh, getting kicked out of his home. And, uh, and that left me homeless. So at the age of 21, I was homeless and broken and uh, laying on the floor of a public bathroom. I was watching my tears hit the floor and uh, three words fell out of my mouth. I said, God, help me. And I never believed in God. I had never known anyone who even believed in God. I had no reference for God. I'd grown up in an entirely secular home in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, definitely uh, did not, uh, was not a God person. But when I was at the end of all hope, there was nothing left for my soul to cry out, but God, help me. This was the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. And so because God is faithful and good, about three hours later, I ended up meeting someone who got me into a recovery program. And I have been sober and safe since that day, which will be 19 years in February. So the funny thing was, I still had no idea who God was. I'd said this word, God, God help me, but I had no idea who that God was that had come to my rescue. And so I looked everywhere the world says to look, the universe, <laughs> um, yoga, meditation, um, Buddhism. I read every book Oprah recommended. I did affirmations and, you know, and none of those things matched my experience. I knew that I had not affirmationed my way into this whole new life. I knew I hadn't done anything to earn it or deserve it. I had, I had been the, the biggest mess you can possibly imagine. And somehow this God had met me in the depths of my sin and mess and rescued me. So I met a woman who, um, who was a Christian, and, uh, and she said that God spoke to her through the Bible. And, uh, and I thought, well, that's cool. I'd like for God to speak to me. And, uh, and so I, um, I had a Bible. I'd actually stolen this Bible. <laughs> God doesn't care. It's okay. We're good. But I'd stolen this Bible, and, uh, <clears throat> and I... Um, and I went and I grabbed this Bible, and I had this Bible on a shelf, and I'd had it for years at that point, um, but I'd never opened it. And I, um, and I grabbed this Bible, and I said, okay, God, if you're real, and if you're in here, speak to me. And then I tipped it open to the book of John, to chapter 8, where Jesus is, uh, brought a woman who's been caught in the act of adultery. And, uh, and the Pharisees say, uh, the law says that we stone this woman, what do you say? And he says, let he who is without sin throw the first stone at her. And one by one, every single person who's there sets their stone down and walks away until she's left alone with Jesus. And he says, does no one accuse you? And she says, no one, sir. And he says, then neither do I. Go and leave your life of sin. 
And for the first time, I stood face to face with this Jesus. And I knew this was the God that rescued me. This is the God that goes around to public bathrooms, picking girls like me up off the floor and giving them a whole new life. This is the God that meets us in the depths of our sin. And this is the God that makes that every valley and hill is exalted and every mountain is brought low. And this is the God that makes the crooked places straight and the rough places smooth. I fell so in love with this Jesus that I, uh, I wanted to know everything about him. And, uh, and so I took this stolen Bible and I read every word of it. <laughs> uh, I read the New Testament first. It took me a little over a month to do that. And then I went back and I read the whole Old Testament. And I found the greatest love story ever written. <laughs> I had no idea that God loved people like me. But over and over again, I saw him dining with, rescuing, using the worst of the sinners. Um, I saw him loving people like me. And, uh, and in those words and in, in that time I spent with him here in, in that Bible, uh, I started experiencing healing that I'd never imagined. He started delivering me of, of demons, literal demons I had in my body um, from years of that ritual sexual abuse and from years of, of drug abuse. Um, he actually came to me in a dream at one point and drove out demons. Um, and then I, uh, I, I decided after I'd finished reading this book that I wanted to give my life to him. So, uh, so I knew I wanted to be baptized, but I was afraid to go to a church because I figured it would burn down if I walked in. So I, uh, so I went to Israel, because that's where Jesus was baptized. It's normal, right? So, uh, so I showed up in Israel, <laughs> in Haifa, on, uh, on a cruise ship, and, and, I, um, and I wanted to be baptized. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to find someone to baptize me. And so I found a taxi driver, <laughs> and I said, I'd like to be baptized at the place where Jesus was, in the Jordan River. And he was like, that's three hours away. And I said, I'll pay you. And, uh, and he said, you're in luck because I'm a Christian. And, and, I, and I am studying to be a tour guide. I would love to give you a whole tour of Israel and all of the historic Christian sites. <laughs> and so this sweet man named Ramsey, who I'm still Facebook friends with today, <laughs> took me to the banks of the Jordan River to be baptized. Um, now, I didn't realize that most of you all showed up with like a pastor to do that for you. I didn't have one. I just had a Ramsey. <laughs> and Ramsey didn't feel comfortable baptizing me. So I stood there on the banks of the Jordan River asking everyone I could, will you baptize me? Will you baptize me? Will you baptize me? And finally, this sweet little Russian Orthodox man came walking toward me with the sweetest smile on his face. And he said, do you want to be baptized? And I was like, yes, please, sir. I've come all the way from California. And, uh, and so this sweet Russian Orthodox man actually baptized me in, uh, on the banks of the Jordan River. So I think I might be the first Russian Orthodox ever to speak at Bethel. <laughs> Is that true? Okay. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> so uh, after, after I was baptized, I, I did end up um, finding a church home for the first time and, and realizing that, um, you know, we, we, all, we all have crooked places that need to be made straight. We all have rough places that need to be made smooth. And, uh, and this, uh, this God this Jesus. He's in the business of rescuing and redeeming and restoring broken lives and broken hearts. 
And today I get the honor of, um, of walking with women who are coming out of lives like I have, and, uh, and I get to see him again and again making the crooked places straight, making the rough places smooth. And I actually get to see the glory of the Lord revealed that all flesh will see it together. This is a promise. This is a promise, you guys, that we don't have to wait until eternity, until the next life, to see the glory of God revealed. He actually wants to reveal it right here on earth. He actually wants to straighten your pinky. (laughs) He actually wants to make a change in our lives and our hearts that actually is evident to the whole world. This is what he says, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together. I think it's Psalm 26 that says, um, I believe I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so I, I think there are some women in here tonight that, um, that you've, been, you've been sitting with a crooked place for a while now. And maybe you've been sitting with a rough place for a while now. And maybe there's this part of you that feels like, oh, I'm supposed to wait until, um, until, the, the, until the next life to have that straightened out. And one day, one day when I see him, one day I'll be made well. One day I'll be healed. But I actually believe he wants to heal you now, here, because his glory is revealed in it. Um, And so I think we're going to move into a time of ministry, and um, there's some specific things that I really did see the Lord wanted to heal tonight. Um, The first is scoliosis. Um, I actually saw him straightening a crooked spine. The second is the teeth thing. I don't know. That's you. You don't even have to, like, say. But, uh, but I do feel like he wants to do that. Which, one time he did, like, get a popcorn kernel out of my mouth that was lodged in there for a really long time. So he can do stuff. <laughs> he can do this stuff. I was just worshiping, and it, like, fell out. And I was like, glory, glory to God. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to get my, like, molar removed to get it out. But no. In worship, he healed it. I also think that there's some, uh, there's some emotional and spiritual crooked places and rough places that he wants to heal tonight. Um, I think there's some addictions in the room that he wants to set you free from. Um, my, my new best friend, Renee, <laughs> when we were having brunch the other day, said something really beautiful. I'm going to steal it from her, but I'm going to give her all the credit for it. But she was, we were talking about how uh, hurt, hurt people hurt people, right? We know that. Um, but, but she said, what if, what if the flip is true? that healed people heal people, and that free people free people. And so uh, you've heard tonight that I've been set free. <laughs> and so, uh, so there is an anointing in this room for you to get set free too. Um, I think there's a porn addiction in the room, and so you don't have to raise your hand if that's you, but, um, but you're going to get set free of that porn and masturbation. Um, and sorry to be like, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but you got to get set free, right? There's some stuff we need to get set free from. Um, I saw food addictions, um, anorexia, bulimia. This stuff is so hard as women, y'all. And and there's a lot of it that we just hide and it looks like, oh, I know I'm just into dieting and exercise, but like, but you know, you know when there's a disorder in you and you know when it's not who God intends you to be. Um, and, uh, and, and you're gonna get, you're gonna get set free tonight. You're gonna get set free. Um, so I, I don't know if you guys want to bring up like a ministry team. Do you, are there people here who, I want to pray for some people too. So we're just going to move into a time of ministry and this altar is open for you. I just felt like the Lord was saying, this is my holy of holies. My presence is here. And you know, you know, you know if Jesus has been tugging on your heart. You know it. 
because he's so good at communicating with you. He so loves you. And if there's anything that resonated with you today, specific things that Holly just called out, there's no shame in the kingdom. There's none. Jesus actually draws near to those who are broken. And so I wanna ask you to do something so brave. Just take a deep breath and come, come to the front because you're not alone in this. You know, there's some things that Jesus and us, we can work it out on our own, but there's a lot of things that are meant to be worked out in community. And there's some things where you just need the strength of others to be led to you. So don't leave this house the same way that you came in when freedom is available. So we're just gonna let the music play and we're not gonna take a lot of time because you know. So come. We're gonna have a ministry team up here. We're gonna be praying for you. We're gonna be covering you. You don't even have to tell us what you need prayer for. You can, you're more than welcome to. But we want you to just come and receive from the hand of God, from the heart of God tonight. have the prayer team just come up here. These are safe women, loving women, who are going to minister the love of God to you. Maybe you don't even know what's going on in your heart right now, but you just know, I need to meet with Jesus. Just thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit BethelATX.com.